big questions. No answers. See these questions I got on my mind. I'm asking them all the time. Time like traveling through the universe. I'm scrambling these black holes. How does time flow? If I dropped in one, where would I go? Would I come out a hundred years old? Big questions, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think, therefore I am. All I know is my name is Sam. On the road, child to a man. Do I need a plan? All these questions and more. That's what's in store. Let's uh, give the people a little <laughs> introduction. Who are you? And why are you on my podcast? <laughs> um, well... First of all, I feel very honoured to be on your <laughs> podcast, Sammy. Um, but um, my name is uh, James Villa, and I happen to be your father. <laughs> um, and I am uh, an Englishman in California. Uh, and um, I we I, I work uh, for a company called uh, kind of Bold Orange, and I do a lot of work for eBay right now. My kind of, I suppose, my work profession is kind of management consultancy, specializing in things like marketing and marketing technology and kind of bullshit stuff like experience, <laughs> which is actually quite important. The kind of things like when you're checking out of a website and you kind of want a smooth experience, you're trying to find, you're searching for something or, you know, you're kind of uh, figuring out... Uh, what data could be useful in uh, having conversations with clients or customers and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so uh, been on here in the West Coast uh, since 2000 and I think 2007 for me and uh, been in the States since 2004. And I'm actually now the person that runs um, Bold Orange. Uh, which is a Minneapolis-based company, um, is actually uh, one of my first bosses I had when I came to the States. So it's Full the circle. circle of life. Yep, yep. And uh, so, yeah, we were in Chicago for three or four years before we came out here. Yeah, so that's me. Nice. Professional bullshitter, basically. Great. Um, okay, my big question. I've been worried about this, so... What's the best part about being a parent? And what's the worst part about being a parent? Um, I would say the, the best and the worst are kind of the same thing or different mm -hmm. sides of the same coin. Um, and that is you live vicariously to a degree through your children. Hmm. So if your children are doing well, it just brings you so much joy if you mm. feel they're happy, if you feel they're kind of, you know, especially as they get older, they're doing their own thing and they're kind of like finding their own way. But, you know, you still are able to get, talk to them occasionally. It's not like <laughs> F you and we're off kind of thing. Um, but if they're doing well, that's the best. And, you know, similarly you you feel the pain when um they're not doing so well or they're unhappy or you're anxious about you know what they might be going through uh so yeah it's kind of like uh, two hmm. sides of the same coin interesting um 
do you remember what it was like to become a father? I'm not your oldest son, so yeah. do you remember like that? You know, you you always hear in movies, it's quite romanticized, right? Like yeah. when I saw my little boy, you know, I yeah, the whole world makes sense. And there, was there like an epiphany moment, or do you know? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I... um, I um have so. The trouble is, when you came along, the actual uh, process of you um, being uh, kind of emerging into the world <laughs> right. took a frick of a long time, right, o- right. only to be bettered by your your uh, youngest brother, so the, the mm. youngest of the siblings. So the oldest and the youngest took their time coming out. Right. Um, and um, the kind of... Uh, sort of trance almost that um i think a mother goes into when she's involved in what is clearly um from the outside an extremely painful process mm-hmm. um it's very hard to enter that uh, to enter that space mm. um and um i'll i mean i can tell you a couple of funny stories about the actual uh, labor process in a second but the you know the moment that you emerged into the world was it, it it was kind of traumatic because everything seemed to be going okay and you know in the uk all things being equal you tend to have a just a midwife you mm. know you don't the doctor unlike in the states where the doctor seems to be involved in everything mm. um you just have a midwife and um all seemed to be going okay and um, you know, this, you know, the staff are amazing and I can't remember, mum will tell you how long the labor was. It seemed a long time, like, like 12 hours plus. Ugh. Um, and, um, th- yeah, we seem to be getting towards kind of a, the point where, you know, um, the, the giving into the light, which is dar el luz, which is what the, which I think is a great term the Spanish use for hmm. giving birth. Hmm. Dar luz is the is the Dare verb luz. to give light. Yeah, huh. um, the midwife. Uh, obviously, I don't know. She stepped out. I can't. Those kind of things are definitely sort of, you know, blunted by memory. But yeah. at some point, the doctor came in. Um, and again, he would. You know, there was no panic in the room, um, but, you know, conditioned as I am by you know hours and decades of movies and films yeah. and ER you know, and you're looking at people's reactions and you're trying to read them right you know, um and he was you know super calm and super you know and then next thing we know there's like a a crash cart coming in well. uh, with various bits of uh equipment um and it turned from what seemed like it was going to be routine you know, nothing, nothing was routine for me, but, you know, um, into a potential kind of medical emergency. emergency. Wow. And yeah, that, um, you know, that anxiety where you think, oh my God, the worst could happen. Right. And, Holy shit. You know, it was almost like, it's almost like, you know, they describe war as like, 90% boredom and 10% terror. Mm. That's what um, 
to me giving birth uh, like your 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 the experience of your um emergence into the world was yeah so um yeah crash course and then as you know um uh you were kind of intent on hanging around in there and didn't want to make the final (laughs) move out and so um they actually had to use this uh kind of vacuum vacuum tube called a ventouse um to suck you out basically um and um i think you know it was clear you were healthy Mm -hmm. you know you know you breathed and all that kind of stuff and you know but you looked like a cone head you look yeah. like kind of an alien right Be- because literally you know the skin is so soft that it was like um but you know what was impressive you know once you're out it's almost like the doctor was thinking yeah okay he's good but um it, it was kind of funny because everything had been like very kind of low-key and mm-hmm. like so the funny well it's not necessarily hilarious it doesn't necessarily show me in the best light but you know one of the things i kind of realize you know you see these movies where you know the the um the mother is holding on to the partner's hand and saying you know and the partner's saying go on sweetie you can yeah. do it you can right, do right. it and you know there was none of that as you know your mother can be quite aggressive at times especially <laughs> if she's in some discomfort uh-huh. and she's not necessarily thinking at that moment as most mothers aren't like you know oh i better make sure that i'm uh, sweet kind to of, my husband. Uh, being nice to my husband who's right. who who must be struggling with this whole thing you know um <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah so a lot of the time like when the kind of pain was sort of going up <clears throat> and the you know contractions were were kind of more you know expletive deletives from <laughs> mum but before that there were long periods where literally nothing was happening wow and um you know i would i mean literally nothing and the nurse would come in or the midwife and say yeah this could take like four or five hours and I'm thinking, wow oh my god and uh you know i would go out and wander around the corridors of the hospital and you know at one point and then i'd come back in and you know it was still pretty um the the thing is you just like especially you know as a as a partner or as the husband or you really you're kind of excluded from that past experience thank god (laughs) as somebody that's like pathologically fearful of pain i you know um but it's also pretty dull. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Right. You know, it's like, you know, people say, well, you know, you're just being with them. But it didn't seem like Caroline was that bothered about, <laughs> mum was that bothered about that um, either. So at one point I just thought, you know, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I went off and drove to a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what would happen if I was in this Burger King? <laughs> and it all kicked off. And I... <laughs> And I actually kind Stop of missed, of, the, yeah, I missed the birth throat. of my like uh, first <laughs> child because I was having a cheeseburger, and I felt so guilty about that. But yeah. like, no, basic, and the, the you know, then you come in and like nobody's noticed you've gone, right? right. And I'm saying, oh, I'm really sorry. I was just like, I had to get it. You know, I just needed some, you know, change of scene or whatever. But um, yeah, and then you know the. I mean, it is quite extraordinary. And, uh, you know, the relief once we knew you were going to be okay, 
mm. is extraordinary. Um, and then you kind of just sort of get swept up in the, you know, the minutia. Because again, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is amazing to look at this creature. You know, the Spanish call little babies criaturas, which uh-huh. I think is a great description. Oh you yeah, know, they're not they're not people; they're creatures. You know, they look like yeah. little aliens. Yeah, yeah, they are like little aliens, and they're kind of you know they're kind of realistic about that but you know you again i think because you know mum was able to breastfeed and you know she was kind of both determined and physically able i know that's not the case all the time mm-hmm. um so you know basically when you're really literally that small you're taking mother's milk and you're crapping Right. Sleeping, yeah, drinking, <laughs> sleeping, shitting. You know, that's kind of like I mean, it kind of uh, happens Boiled again down. when you're a student, but um, you know, it's like, uh, um, and so it's very difficult to uh, kind of say, yeah, there was this moment of epiphany where mm. you know, I mean, I knew that, and I knew you were very, you know, obviously precious and loved, and all of that. Right, but I would say it wasn't until you were when I say old, I don't mean like twelve. I mean like a month old or two months mm. when I was able to. I think it was actually being solely responsible. Mm-hmm. Like so, if I would take you out, um, going to the shops or right. you know taking you in the car or like you know trying to give mum a break and you know taking you for a walk in the papoose or something like that that's when i really Hmm. felt you're like oh shit this is mine (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. no it's just like and that is quite amazing and and you know i think a lot of men can be very unrealistic about the changes that a a baby is gonna kind of bring Mm. um like well yeah, maybe I can't do Tuesday and Thursday nights out, but <laughs> I'll do Tuesday nights and that'll be, you know. Um, and we had booked, I, you know, it had been a sort of just generally a stressful year when, you know, somebody, but especially kind of in the UK, you're like, you know, your summer holiday is like sacrosanct. You know, I'd been working for all this and all that kind of right. good stuff. And, you know, so summer holiday was an established, yeah, I'm looking. And so we booked a holiday to Kefalonia, in Greece mm. um, and you know I think mum wasn't so bothered at the time but we both again like, oh yeah I'll be nice and it was a freaking insane idea because I was thinking we'd go to Kefalonia you'd be like three months old two months old something like that oh, wow. and um, you know I would still be able to do what I'd done on you know vacations we'd you know sit by a pool or go for a walk or have a few drinks in the evening and eat a nice dinner kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but, um, you know, actually it turns out that of all the places we could have gone, Kefalonia wasn't the easiest to get to. So we had to, <laughs> like, fly to Athens. Hi- we hired a-, a car and drove to the ferry port in Piraeus and then had to get on a ferry for five hours or whatever and get to get to this <laughs> island. Um, and... But in a weird way, although it was like sort of part of me was like, damn, this isn't what I was thinking about for a holiday. Mm -hmm. The time I was able to like spend just 
the papoose is an amazing thing <laughs> you know this thing honestly this thing that you you kind of like because you can kind of walk and not, onto your chest yeah and... and it's very kind of um i think it's quite you know peaceful for the infant right um, right and that's when you know I'd, I'd walk along the beach and you know chat to you and mm -hmm. you know and also being able to like actually you know weird things like you know obviously change diapers which i learned how to do pretty early on and you know we're kind of our generation's definitely not one of the ones that thinks that's the the woman's, woman's job. job you know so that was definitely something i had to do um but um you know that being able to actually participate in your care rather than being kind of an observer was i think mm. it was more of a kind of a development of a bond and that felt feels to me better um and... do you think for like granddad like your parents mm. like mm. it was definitely much more like granddad wouldn't have didn't take you out in a papoose and do that oh no i think you see i think that's where he was kind of unusual i think he mm. i th i don't know if he did i've no actually i've never really asked him that mm. um but he's definitely somebody that would have helped out taking more know, of i'm the... pretty sure he kind of changed diapers mm -hmm. and he was definitely a very active caring like hands-on carer mm. you know at at the point at which i had memory which i suppose is maybe three four or five you know he wasn't like just you know you do it right or right. maybe he was on that cusp of generation that yes he still went to rugby and played rugby on a mm -hmm. um saturday afternoon um and had a few drinks but um you know he would definitely allocate time to you know hang out and he he was very kind of hands-on as we got older mm. and i i don't know i think generally for me personally it's when being useful right or being the sole carer that's when you realize yeah it's not like no somebody else is going to step in and handle this one yeah um i mean we t i took you to spain on my own well with granny and granddad we drove i can't remember we maybe we flew and then we drove around spain mm -hmm. um and we introduced you to um your great great aunt in in salamanca hmm. uh, tia maria um and you know friends and family there and i was like insult but we you know we drove up from yeah we we drove all the way across spain and you know you were a it was just me and you in the room and you know obviously you were in a little um you know a basket thing um <laughs> but yeah so I, I it wasn't like one of those hollywood movie um you know the light is shining i you mm. know but i think often those are those kind of moments are created because it's supposed to show a transformation of the you know the male in that case right. to say oh look he was a son of a bitch or he never mm -hmm. really wanted this and now this child right transformed him. it's like a literary device yeah whereas uh, there was no doubt in my mind that definitely always wanted kids so mm. uh, i wasn't going to complain when i had one right or i had to do stuff so but was... it, i would say it's much more a process of getting to know you mm. was there like do you was there a shift in worldview or like priorities at all like do you remember <laughs> like maybe at work or like you know 
more like financial stress or like anything where it was like oh shit i need to like provide or mm. well i think i mean there was definitely financial stress because mum had stopped working mm -hmm. um and so that's you know that's definitely something i think work was both a pain in the butt and an escape like for mm. a lot of people you know right. oh i'm so sorry you know because i think you know at that point where um the woman is still generally you know um although there's paternity leave now and i th i think i got like two weeks paternity leave mm. um but it's not like sort of um scandinavia where they kind of take it in turns and the the woman gets a year and then the guy gets a year mm. um and in america it's like yeah take a day you know right yeah um but so you know i it wasn't like it was unacknowledged it was definitely but there's definitely um an aspect of that where you get the chance to just go off and be a normal human being rather mm -hmm. than a, a new father and that's right. quite kind of nice um i mean there's <coughs> i do remember um you know stress in the sense that um you know all all of us are egotists to a greater or lesser degree mm -hmm. and you know suddenly you were far more important to mum than i was right you know so you hmm. know, who gives a shit about him this is the guy i'm looking after right now wow um and so you get that you know you have to kind of get take on board that adjustment but i think in most cases the you know whether the relationship is good or bad i don't think any uh, maybe the i don't know i don't i just don't believe in my so and i think this is the way it's supposed to be that any partner um could be as important as a child a child yeah to the mother Mm -hmm. And so you also get used to a certain, or you have to go through that certain emotional displacement. Mm. Um, Interesting. And I, and I think that you will, you know, having had uh, four of you beautiful people, mm -hmm. um, I think that becomes a permanent fact of life. Right. You know, um, you know I'm absolutely a born coward. But I know that in a moment, if I saw you kind of like, or your brothers or sisters like going under a bus or right, right. in the line of fire, I can honestly say that I think I would jump in Take the bullet. It, which yeah. I, I'm not even sure if I would do for my best friends. Yeah. But that is, and I think that's the ultimate. Um, right. Um, wow yeah but i yeah i noticed actually mum and i were talking the other day about um uh because you know as you know you're uh, i mean both your sisters are doing really well at college and um you know ellen her was like second in her rank i mean just cleaning up in cleaning up in ir yeah uh, international relations at syracuse and um you know you talk you know thinking about living like you know to, vicariously like, right damn the, you know when when she sends an email like from a you know uh, the 
I don't know, the professor in her school that says, hey, you know, Ellen's just amazing. No, right. She's not sending it to us. She's sending it to to Ellen, but Ellen just says, hey, look, well, I just got this note right, right. on this program, or they've said I could do this. Mm-hmm. You just like, I think any achievements that your kids have, you know, like watching you play soccer, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you did a lot of sport, mm-hmm. and I was crap at sport, and you were pretty decent at sport, I would say, and mm-hmm. there's a huge element of right. vicarious you know damn he's like doing what i was thinking of doing but my body wouldn't allow me to do because i wasn't built like him you know and as you know at times maybe i kind of got a little emotional sometimes (laughs) on the touch lines you know um as you know lots of parents do right right watching um but just the the joy in seeing you do well in in the activities you did the pain you know the yeah, like when you did your lifeguard stuff and mm-hmm. came back and said, "Damn, I had to rescue somebody today." Yeah, oh my god, I felt like <laughs> I had rescued somebody. I told you know, and I do see that, and there's a, like a fine line between feeling that yourself mm. and broadcasting it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember like um, uh, a mum and dad who are kind of like have been brought up not. I would say it's not the case with dad, but more, you know, granny. Um, not to really, parents wouldn't celebrate achievements or potential hmm. necessarily. Um, it was almost more with granny that they almost like didn't notice she had any or wanted any, you know, right, like, right. it was pretty passive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had these next door neighbors um at one point who were super nice um kathy and martin i remember their their names and um were they the ones with the pigs no remember they had a, uh, had a pig living next to us maybe oh no 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 this was like this was like growing up um when i was kind oh, of oh and you were growing young, up. way younger than oh you are now. i see yeah. i see like before we went to Hong- like night nine or ten okay but okay okay. they did what's kind of become quite common now one of those round robin letters that says well the hogs have had a good year <laughs> you know um you know john and christine right. have, cl- have done really well at school christine got five a's at yeah. low level you know what like those right, kinds right. of things yeah i can always remember like granny just hating those <laughs> letters she absolutely detested them. right like who do they think you know, they like, are yeah who what well, i don't care yeah don't and like a... sort of i mean dad was like whatever you know it's nice yeah. they sent us a letter you know <laughs> right. um yeah it was in a christmas card it wasn't like a sort of a okay. dear dear angel and Santa. it's like right, a christmas right. card like thing. a broadcast and, and people yeah 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 it's, it's the kind of uh yeah and people still do them today uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know we still get them today and mum is not mad keen on them either. It's the equivalent in the US of um, I'm the proud parent of an honours student. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, as you know, I've often said I'd like to stick a, a, put a sticker on my car saying I'm the proud parent of four idiots. Yeah. And so it's like that point at which, like, and maybe this is a British thing, I feel I absolutely emotionally respond when you guys are doing well Hmm. um and i'm super proud you know um you know you and thomas playing rugby i was so happy that you 
got into rugby because mm-hmm. that you know as you know granddad that was his yeah. big sport right. and the fact that you actually knew what you were doing and mm-hmm. you know i could see you know the camaraderie that you had and you know even you know, like i get that same um pleasure when i see the fact that you're still in touch with your friends from high mm-hmm. school and you know that to me that's i you know but i'm not going to say my friends got my son's got still in touch with loads of people right, he right. used to know and your son's a lonely <laughs> arsehole right, right. you know it's like sort of um so it's more internally experienced hmm. um but um you know and similar you know uh as you know the the family has been had had some some challenging um times and mm-hmm. you know i think mum and i always i think parents tend to project obviously their own feeling like i was saying damn why couldn't i have done that in right, rugby? right why couldn't i have played like that in soccer you know mm. um uh, or why couldn't i do this podcast or why couldn't i um <laughs> you know, have got off my arse and worked every summer at five in the morning like you did. You know, like all of these, um, you know, all of those kinds of um, things. But you also tend to project your own emotions when kind of challenging things are happening, you know, as they have with, you know, your aunt and your, Mm -hmm. you know, mum's mum and Mm -hmm. mum's father and, you know, and you and, and, you know friends of ours who've been through some bad things that mm-hmm. you know you you kind of like project well i'm feeling this and samuel knew that person mm. so even though he samuel is like this. 11 <laughs> right he must be feeling this as well so yeah. i'm gonna like yeah it's a weird it's a weird ride and yeah it, it, i don't think it'll ever really did you stop. um have a newfound respect for your own parents when you became a parent did you think about that at all or oh years of counseling yeah no i think (laughs) i think um yes and um part of it is well shoot you know i think about this kind of and i think both mum and i have kind of reacted a little bit against our upbringing Mm mm-hmm it's not well i was probably at one point you could say against i think it's a cycle you go right. through um and um now it's more of an acceptance and i think one of the things that helps you understand is like um thinking about or trying to you know what were their childhoods like what were their mm. upbringings like and um you know they were they were very you know very very different both of them you know sort of um and i think it's only in later years that i've got to the point where rather than being frustrated that they did this or they didn't do this Mm -hmm. that i think um I can kind of see why they wouldn't do that. Right. It's just not like it wasn't in their worldview. It wasn't part of the coaching mm-hmm. that they got. Right. Um, and, you know, I definitely think there's been a probably a big change. Plus, they had very kind of 
you know distinct circumstances you know one is like sort of it's kind of like a opposite ends you know one's a very classic middle to upper class well you know went to boarding wealthy school. family boarding school yeah um you know british yeah. you know born in guildford and home counties and um parents had you know money and were from yorkshire and straightforward people and you know all that kind of stuff and then you know my dad is was a refugee from a civil war in mm -hmm. spain and um was uh, being brought up by a single mother in the 50s you know early 50s um you know it's difficult now what it must have been like in that situation crazy you know, and the kind of all the stuff that wasn't spoken about on that side of the family mm -hmm. and like on my mum's side you know i think you heard this you know there's a couple of great stories like sort of um they didn't turn up for my for granny's confirmation mm -hmm. her parents they sent the nanny you know which is kind of like you know if i had suggested that that was a possibility i mm -hmm. you know um not i wouldn't have even you know and it's not that it's confident it's not the religious thing it's just like the lack of interest. like a big event yeah yeah just a life. lack of interest in your child's yeah in your child's life and then the even better one which sounds like something out of um an evelyn war novel you can look him up okay um but um when my your grandmother and your uh great aunt uh jilly uh they were sent to switzerland um and i think they were sent to a finishing school but it's also like skiing mm -hmm. i don't know i still don't not sure how old they were but they basically decided they didn't like it you know that and this was like in a holiday it was like so they're both at like boarding school full time. Yeah. You know, from the age of seven, yeah. they were sent to boarding school. That's crazy. Um, and um, and then like the vacation comes and you think, oh, we'll I'll go home and, you know, the parents will be happy to see them and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they, so they go off to, they're sent to Switzerland to this finishing school and do a bit of skiing. You think, well, that could be cool. But um, they decide, no, this isn't for us. So they say, hey, you know they send it i think it was a telegram in those days um yeah we want to come home we you know we're, co we're coming home and they got a like a telegram from my grandmother their your great grandmother um mary roscoe a very um formidable lady uh yorkshire lady and it's like sort of um on no account come back oh so. my God. <laughs> And you imagine if you're brought up like that, how you're either going to be the most nurturing parent or you're going to right. not really quite understand that concept. Of, that aspect, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I found that um, I think, you know, granddad has always been a lot more emotional and his mother was a lot more emotional. Like my mm. grandmother, my, you know, Abuela uh, was an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you absolutely showered the grandkids mm -hmm. with love an amazing amazing woman and but he had his battles with her um and but but now i see more of that emotional um side of him and he's actually quite he's much more sentimental than granny mm -hmm. you know when you as you know when you speak to him he'll, yeah he'll emote and you've traveled with him a bit and mm -hmm. you can see he's got um, but there's a big weight of history over there on that side that I think has, you know, been 
difficult to kind of manage. So I can't, I've come to the point of acceptance, basically, rather than um, blame. But there's mm. a great, um, I, I wish I had the whole thing in front of me, but there's a great Philip Larkin poem. Uh, I can't even remember what it was called, but if you look up, like, if you sh- Google it, um, there's a line he has, um, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. They don't mean to, but they do. Right. <laughs> and that is the fact. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I will oft, I will, I've often thought, okay, there are no possible ways in which I could fuck up Samuel's life or <laughs> Ellen or Anna or Thomas because, like, we have, like, done everything. Be. They've, like, you know, we've done stuff with them. We've been on the sidelines yep. and watched them and cheered. We've... You know, but then you realize, yeah, but I was probably drinking a little too much at times. And then I, that probably set a bad example. I smoked the odd cigarette here and there. And, you know, um, maybe I shouted a bit at times or I was Mm -hmm. irrational about this or that. And, you know, I think the other thing when you're a parent is like in the context of your own children, unless your children have really bad luck, you know where you know they remember being brought up by james and caroline until the age of nine and that was one kind of family and then james and caroline disappeared and then they were brought up by another type of family and they could compare and contrast Mm -hmm. and they could say well actually um james and caroline didn't do a really bad job um or actually they were pretty well adjusted compared to the second lot i had or maybe they were terrible they got they had addiction problems they had this (laughs) they had that you know they whatever it might be um but the kind of ultimate reality of most parenting is your children um you know, you may get some perspectives from your peers who may be going through some tough stuff at home. But on the whole, you've only experienced one right. household. Yeah. And when things are nasty or sad or angry or whatever in that household, you're going to be impacted, um, you know. And it's not like you can be a super rational being and say, well, I was talking to my friend X last uh, week and he actually said that, you know, his uh, dad beat his mum. So, mm. you know, although my parents shouted at each other, they weren't like physically attacking each other. So I guess I'm luckier that, you know, you can't, kids can't do that. Right. You know? So your own in, you know, your own universe, the one you're brought up in is the only one you know on the whole. Mm. Yeah. So. Do you... Um, I don't know why I was thinking this, but like a weird anecdote. I was going to bring it up when you were talking about me coming out into the world. Um, And it's kind of unrelated, but well, it's related to that story. But so what's strange is the first time I saw a live birth when I went to India, um, when I took my year off and went traveling and went to India. Which was another one of those moments where we were both proud and worried. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, But... Life being another example of life coming full circle. The first time I um, saw a live birth, I got to see use of that suction device, the, the vacuum. Yeah, so it's That's like some crazy. weird parallelism um, in life. It didn't work for that person. They had to do oh, some other drastic. Right. I mean, they came. The baby came right. out eventually, but they had to do a cesarean or something. They had to do something called an episiotomy, which if oh, yeah, you that I know, yeah, yeah. if you'd like yeah. to look that up on your own. No, time. I know. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know what an episiotomy is. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty 
yeah, that was and that was my first introduction to uh, obstetrics. I, I'm still amazed at what you did then. <laughs> I honestly think back on that a lot, and I'm like, that actually happened to me. Like, yeah. I actually went there and like did all that. I and the that. more I think about that, I mean, it was batshit crazy, but yeah. oh my god, what a! If you hadn't survived, I would have been, felt <laughs> yeah. like the worst parent. Like if you had been, yeah. you know, severely injured in that car crash or, right. you know, traumatized <laughs> by these things that we were, you know, after a drunken night with some friends, we say, oh, Samuel's interested in medicine. The next thing you know, he's set up to go and live in a remote Indian town. And But honestly, I think... Um, it was one of the most amazing things um, that you'll have experienced. And it must have as tough. My dad would say, well, you know, it toughens you up, this kind of thing. And I do think (laughs) there is something, you know, you don't want your parent, your kids to have such a soft ride. Right. That when life slings and arrows assail, Mm -hmm. that they kind of fall at the first hurdle right right that's such a difficult thing for parents yeah yeah especially i feel like in our you know in our demographic or in our in your situation where you are able to like you know invest and provide and like have us do sport and you know it's not like we're fighting for you know food Food. yeah yeah i'm i'm fighting for the food on your table but you don't need to know about that (laughs) So uh, Uh, that's another thing, actually. I think that's an important point about parenthood is like the and I think, you know, kids often pick this up, but it's like the the need to protect Mm, to insulate from, you know, those kinds of pressures. Right. I think is very, um, you know, is very prevalent. And I still haven't figured out whether it's better to you know say oh well you know mum's having a bad time at work and it's a little bit dodgy and mm-hmm. we're a bit worried about this or that or whether you know don't mention the war just right we'll get through it you know <laughs> right. and i i can see like virtues on both sides right you don't want to although i'm sure something you know some of those things tend to slip through the psychic net and mm-hmm. if you've got children who've got a brain at all they realize something they may not know or they may misinterpret which could be worse mm-hmm you know, they may think, oh, this is about me because I, you know, broke that pot the right, other day right. and uh, now they're all having these arguments and that must be when actually it's got nothing to do with right. that. Right, yeah, yeah. Know, so it's hard to figure those kind of things out. Do you feel like you've gotten better at it? Like, is it a skill that you've improved upon or do you feel like it's like been a stable, you know, time of sort of these things? I mean, I think one of the things I like picked up from um, Granny and Granddad is I would prefer, on the whole, uh, not to have super conflict in the in the house. Yeah, and so. Um, again, this is one of those times where, you you know, you obviously you may have seen the odd kind of what seems to you volcanic conflict, but compared to some of the things I saw, it wasn't mm. anything. So I think we've done a kind of a good job. And I'm still, I think mm-hmm. as you get older, you think, oh, well, you know what? Um, shit, he's 22. You know, I'm going to tell him this or I will mm-hmm. tell him that. Um, I think mum's always been probably more... Um, 
protective or no okay. actually no she's been oh i think you let him just, know you know let them know and i'm thinking well no i don't want to and part of that i think is like maybe the old could be male pride and mm. you know and whereas mum has seen the kind of the other side of keeping a lid on fucking everything yeah and yeah. so that's like um you know we're in our house like growing up shouting screaming right. all the rage and i can remember sticking a pillow over my head because mm-hmm. i didn't want to hear arguments all the time mm-hmm. um and it was very there was a lot of conflict and i hated it right and then you know in mum's house maybe it was certain things everything were never was spoken shoved of. down right yeah yeah and and that's not that's not good either yeah. so yeah and uh, you know with mum and i i think we've got a little bit of a kind of a you could say it's a happy compromise mm-hmm. um but it's a definitely different you know because mum didn't you know for very tragic reasons didn't grow up with both parents mm-hmm. um and so they never argued right yeah interesting she just she just had one but this great kind of volcano or iceberg you know heaving under the surface that mm. nobody would ever talk about whereas you know um in our house like hey fucking cards on the table you're a son you know let's do the you know um people storming out people storming in yeah (laughs) you know it's just so and um yeah i'm definitely a conflict avoider on the whole Mm -hmm. although your mother may disagree with that (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah Um, it's interesting i mean what would you what would you say your perception of growing up um in our household was was it like oh there's deep and dark and horrible shit going on not that there was but or did you think it's pretty peaceable and i'm i feel okay most of the time or yeah not telling me anything what are they kind of hiding or you know were you paranoid and thinking something's going on and i don't know or uh no i mean for the most part it yeah it felt like a very like i just didn't think about it which i think is probably ideal if yeah. you're a kid right you're just yeah yeah um there'd be some times i remember i don't know when i was in i don't know hearing like overhearing like mutter conversation when you were in bed or something with mom and like like i don't know some like family matter like thing would like pop i just i just hear a word and i'd be like oh something what's happening like some juicy gossip or and then i would be like kind of ruminating on that a little bit like oh shit like is something up something wrong some but then i would i wouldn't like ask you about it so it wasn't like you were hiding anything it was just like what my brain was doing with like limited information um so if you had a a child would you say to the child whether they're like it's probably like six or seven upwards when mm -hmm. they start to kind of have those would you say to the parent yourself potentially Mm -hmm. ah just tell them or kind of tell them that something's going on but you know kind of not sugarcoat it but you know, because it's better that you explain something mm. vaguely real or kind of somewhat sanitized than that the child goes off and makes their own story up about that that could. Yeah, it's think? interesting. I think if it's like visibly or like in, ta- like if it's tangibly impacting something, right? Like whatever it is, um, 
whatever yeah whatever the matter is if you're having more well obviously if you like if you come your... home and the house doesn't exist anymore or, right or, <laughs> exactly. you know, like you're living in a van or something you know that but you can't avoid that but i'm talking about um it could be a issue between the parents it the stresses of the day de- like of the relationship yeah, or but, but, yeah or it could be something that has happened with another part of the family or mm. i mean because you're going to, if it's really something fundamental, like, oh, we're splitting up or, right, right. you know, you're going to find out about it. But if it's more intermediate, um, mm. I mean, do you think that you would say to your kids, by the way, you may have heard us arguing a little bit in the last couple of days. Here's what's going on in, and, and but nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think I I would, but only because I think kids probably pick up it's like student like being a student or i mean teachers would always say like they know what's going on in the room or whatever like they can hear your gossip from and you think you're being so like smart and coy or i feel like kids pick up a lot more on their parents than you realize i think like it's weird i feel like you're dumber than you think and you're also way smarter than parents give you credit for so i feel like i would prefer more I don't want to know, like, you know, exact details, but, like, yeah, if you address some conflict or something that was happening. Yeah. Like, would... oh, your gran, you know, granny's not very well, and we're trying, tr- you know, or, um, well, yeah, your mother's annoyed because I bought the boat and she didn't think <laughs> we should buy the boat. <laughs> something like that, but, like, not, um, well, your mother's been seeing another man right, and we're right. getting really annoyed about that, <laughs> or, you know... There's kind of like a sort of uh, set yeah. Of, it's uh, interesting. I, yeah, it's that is that must be a weird um, line to kind of dance upon, like the transparency line. How much yeah. do we really need to know? How much do you want to like add to our already kind of weird yeah. plate of growing up? Was you know strange for everybody. Or you could be one of those like very real Californian families, like saying, "Hey, you may have heard us uh, argue about," and you're thinking. I, I didn't hear. Hey, anything. listen! I was I had my headphones on last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I totally. don't need to. Now I'm worried. You know, like <laughs> yeah, tonight, yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> so yeah, no, of... I I can see both sides now, and it's that's tough. I don't know, honestly. I yeah. think it goes case by case of what the thing is. It seemed like that yeah. would be like the maybe you need some kind of algorithm. <laughs> Do we tell but, the kids or not? But on the whole, I'm a better parent than your mother. You'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm not even. That, that was a joke, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I on the whole, like you guys, like I remember, like I made some comment a while ago about how I like raised myself or something. Oh, your mother will never forget that. Yeah, but I didn't or... mean that I, in that way. Like I, you guys interpreted it as I like I raised myself. What I meant, no, was your like, mother did. Yeah, I was yeah. fine. <laughs> what I meant was like I, you have a pretty laissez-faire parenting style. Yeah, because I don't know if that's because we were self-directed or I'm self-directed as a result of that. But I felt I feel like I'm you gave me the tools of like you got me involved in sport. You got me, you know, in the community. I had people around me that cared about me and I was given love and attention and all that, which lays the groundwork. And then for whatever it was, I felt like like for me, for my personal gratification, I wanted to do well in school. Like, or yeah. I wanted to, like, do well in the rugby field or whatever, like, whatever it was. I didn't feel very much pressure from you guys top down yeah. being, like, you don't get, like, you were never, like, show me your grades. Like, 
I had yeah. parents that were like, you know, show me your school loop or, you know, yeah. let yeah, me yeah. see your thing. And maybe that was because I, I do that with Thomas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, but, and it's, yeah, it's interesting because like I, being, getting older, I feel definitely think about my relationships way more with Anna, Ellen and Thomas, like my yeah. siblings and like my impact on them. And the whole weird fact that I like split their personalities into an American and into an English personality, yeah. which I kind of feel oddly responsible for because I think I did it and then they, they, you know, copied me right? and also had this like American persona at school and then an English persona yeah. at home. And I don't know if that was damaging for me, but it was like weird. It was definitely weird when I like went off, you know, my year off and was like, well, I'm this is my the voice in my head is the english one and obviously now it's all this like weird hybridized kind of version of both but um yeah i kind of feel like shit did i like fuck them up in some way because i i did that i, I don't know but i don't yeah i mean i don't know i think i don't think well i don't know i mean you probably have different types of conversations with them than i would but um i don't i i see uh, you know children are ultimately incredibly um adaptive creatures yeah. as are human beings you're like right. microcosms of human beings you know you're microcosms of evolution you know yeah. um and um it's absolutely not uncommon for any child to i mean i i did it you know i'm, I'm sure mum did it you know you um, oh, I think I can make somebody laugh. So, I mean, I was actually, I was talking to, I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, I can't remember who it was, but it was like one of my friends and I was saying, look, I basically, um, I've talked about my friend uh, Mickey at university. The Geordie. The Geordie. Um, and uh, I can remember like sort of, they, they felt, or he particularly, <laughs> found it incredibly funny if I, uh, you know, this is in my like first or second year. Or, in fact, I lived with him for three fucking years. Uh, but uh, uh, if I got in a cupboard randomly, he fight. You know, Jim Munn, get in the cupboard. And honestly, I couldn't give a shit if I want to go in a cupboard and he finds that funny. I'll get. I really, it really didn't bother me. I right. mean, we actually had this bizarre conversation once about: um, Would you rather be in a rugby scrum or cave diving? And mm. I said, because he played rugby, he was a flanker. He played mm. you know, like sort of, and he loved rugby. But he, the thought of cave diving. Right. Don't Fair ask point. me what it was. I think there was some document. Yeah, there was something that we kind yeah, of had. Yeah. And it was like one of those ridiculous, but kind of entertaining conversations. Right, right. That we've maintained for like 30 years. <laughs> like sort of, I'd still rather go. And that was like sort of, you know, obviously for Mickey, the idea, if I said, Mickey, go and get in that cupboard, he would say, no, fuck, you know, it would be right. like an assault on him. Right, right. Whereas for me, you want me to get in the cupboard? I don't really don't care. <laughs> I'm happy I get some peace in here. And then like, hey, you know, like roots up from the door, like Jim's in the cupboard, somebody take a picture. Jim. And it was like, yeah. Uh -huh. I really, I didn't feel humiliated. I didn't feel, I just like, uh -huh. if this makes you happy, and I, this is like, to me, whatever you know and it's like so that's my version of like speaking with an american accent or yeah. you know like sort of but uh, i think it's different because like when it impacted like my because it was very marked in my social life so like 
when I would bring friends from, it was like I was bringing in them into this like weird inner circle right. where they're like, right. I would say, Mum, what's for di- what's for tea or something, right? Yeah, and they yeah. would, Matt would hear me and be like, what the hell? Like, what? Yeah. Like you were, and then I would go back to being like, hey, let's grab yeah, a cheeseburger yeah. from in and out And then having to like explain like this weird thing I did, like have done to like fit in or whatever. See, I guess I just don't think that's weird. I just think that is cool. I think <laughs> I I think being a chameleon is one of the most important human skills that you can have to succeed mm. in life. Like you can get you uh Samuel whether it's like a vocal tick or whether it's just the imagination/empathy/experience I could put you like even now I could drop you in an unknown Indian city. Mhm. <laughs> And take you to a like a small hotel bar with loads of you know locals. You could have a conversation with them. You would know where they were coming from. Mm. You would adapt. You would start using things like terms or stories or whatever mm. that you last used when you were. And that's part of. Uh, I think that's part of adapting in life. Mm. Or you know, like you go to um, you know you go to Canada and. Uh, you go to your tree planting and suddenly you'll become Sammy the tree planter. Right, yeah. Who's a different persona from Sammy who's doing, who's being the mentor in your mentor group when you were yeah. like looking after student. I I think what you're describing is just a more, uh, it's almost like the more like physical or audible, audible manifestation hmm. of being a smart human being <laughs> you know you're not cool. gonna tell yeah you're not gonna tell a uh, like you're not gonna talk about if i drop you a, i say hey samuel uh i've you know um or i don't know like riley says hey i don't have this happen but i got a i got a ticket to see uh you, you know at the alabama football team at play i don't know clemson or something right and you think fuck man that sounds cool and you knowing you you'd say yeah fuck i'll i'll do that you know in normal times obviously mm-hmm. what an experience to go and see a game like that mm-hmm. you wouldn't be saying well i went to arsenal once yeah. you would be talking about some college game that you half remember from five years ago and you would be the archetypal like American football or, fan yeah or when you went and you ate barbecue in Arkansas or rode a hall right. you wouldn't be that's just you're a smart human right who's adaptable and you've got a lot of tricks in your bag mm. and you know that's you know I think that's the difference between like I like to think that that's and I'm maybe being kind of expressing a prejudice here because I know I do that you know, I mm. know I speak with a different accent depending on who I'm with. Right, right. You know, I get more transatlantic if I'm talking to Americans. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I get more, you fucking wanker if I'm yeah. talking to right. British people or kind yeah. of like start dropping in the fact that my grandparents were from Yorkshire if I'm talking to people mm-hmm. from the from the north. Or yeah. Like, um, and, you know, I what you do in this podcast to me is you are trying to find a connection and that's mm-hmm. what you're doing say you put a funny vocal tick on i think i think ellen would have done that anyway i think 
Anna would have done that anyway. Yeah, The fact that you're reinforcing it, yeah, that doesn't hurt. Right. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think... I, I, I just don't... I, I, I think that's not something that has messed with their identity. I think mm. you have given them a life skill, <laughs> and I think um, that's a good thing. Hmm. It doesn't... The balance is: Can you be yourself through that? That's the yeah. Like, you, See that yeah. that was like that was more of like the issue, I guess, was like where where it was like where it's been, and probably I don't even I don't know if it continues to be, but like when I would come home for summer and like yeah. we would go out to downtown Danville, or yeah. you know, people had little house parties, like old yeah. people from high school that like yeah. I'm still clo- like not yeah. tight not super tight with like random you know stacy yeah. who cheerleaded or whatever yeah, but yeah. you get invited to these things and yeah. you go and then you're i i don't i don't i'm not gonna do my american accent now right like oh. i don't have that part of me now if i try to do an american accent it actually feels forced and it di- what yeah. was cool like and what you're saying is like it didn't feel forced at the time like it just felt like i want i like implicitly i'm like i'm fitting in with these people so i'm yeah. gonna put on this voice but now that I've like kind of term come to terms with like, this is who I am, and like I this is the real Samuel. Yeah. I have, feel like I have, I inevitably have to do this whole rigmarole where I'm like, because there's there's like a I would say majority of people don't at high school didn't know I was English. Yeah. So I have to go through this whole thing where I'm like, and I would say, good job. <laughs> <laughs> but but was, that's but that's like sort of um, you either kind of go for it. I mean, you could maybe you'd be very good in the foreign service <laughs> or like CIA <laughs> or whatever the yeah the, you know because you can like sort of um, yeah. Well, now integrate. that's the thing is like now I'm like seeing it more as like an asset, which is like what you're pointing out is like yeah. it, it's cool, like it's it's inter it's something quirky and interesting and like. Um, but it's just like I don't know. It's like anything. I think living in the states is similar. Like it's for me. It's it's cool because I'm an extrovert. But you know, inevitably, you're talking to someone for long enough, and they're gonna bring up the fact that you have an accent, right? Yeah. And like, it's not a bad. I don't care. Like, I it's yeah. cool that they're recognizing you. But just the fact that you know you're gonna have that conversation, and that's great as a conversation starter. But there, I don't know. It's just like maybe it. It's always a lot more anxiety provoking when I'm thinking about it in anticipation. When I'm like actually at the party and then like have this talk with people where I'm like, yeah, I was actually born in England and um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I did this accent and now <laughs> I'm I suppose English I could, yeah, I mean, I, I, if I'm being completely sort of candid, I think that what you're, you know, what you did was no more than socially a adapt and yeah it's like a smart and I, it's a survival instinct as well you don't want to get uh picked out and Outgrouped, i i mean yeah you you know you you uh I, I will always remember you i can't remember who you were coaching it might be an anna um <laughs> where you said um uh oh you were saying what you've done on the basketball when we first arrived in california and you said well what you got to do is like you stand by the side of the basketball court and then you kind of like you kind of edge your way in uh-huh. how to like and then you you know and then suddenly you're having a conversation which is much more of a boys thing than a girls right, thing i right. think but but it was just like the fact that you'd rationalized it you'd analyzed it as a process <laughs> and this was a strategy yeah, yeah. it was very well thought out it wasn't just some spontaneous oh 
hello, I'm I'm the new kid mm-hmm. and no, you were like figuring it out. That, right. That right. shows some social engineering skills mm-hmm. right there. You know, like sort of that's like um you know, a more sophisticated version of James Bond. That's like John le Carre and <laughs> yeah. how you become immersed in some other yeah. culture and, uh, you know, you figure your way into, um, like the Americans, you know, that show, uh-huh. the Americans, that, that kind of... That's what you... Um, I think that's... I think... It's weird because you almost speak about it like, okay, well, I went away, <laughs> I don't know, an American... And I came back and now somebody's going to think, well, has he like sort of coming back and putting on some right. fancy accent? That's always what Canadian. I think is like he's living this, in Canada. But... Yeah, like doing a Madonna, you know, like Madonna yeah. pretended like she yeah, had an yeah. accent or whatever. For yeah. a while. Like, that's what I always feel like people are like. But yeah. I, I, now I can much more think like, fuck it. If they want to think that, they can think yeah. that. But yeah, I am. Oh, I just sure. say, well, you know, I was like, hey, I was great. If you can't figure that out. I mean, and honestly, if they're going to beyond a little, oh, your accent sounds a bit different. Right, right. You'd say, oh, yeah, well, I've kind of like, I was like, try, you know, fitting it a bit. They're yeah. not going to say, oh, that's oh that was weird. weird. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you're saying sort of, uh, if you were if you were saying like, sort of, well, I'm, you know, like sort of, which is a um, an, an issue that I'm not going to, I wouldn't play down, but like sort of, you know, you went away, Samuel, and you came back, Samuela, and mm-hmm. you, you know, come right. out as Samuela. Like a and, full identity shift. Yeah, like, like a, a gender yeah. shift or yeah. a sexual, pro- whatever. whatever it, yeah. It, that is, you know, I can understand that kind of anxiety. Right. And I, whatever, I don't care either way, but, yeah. but I, I can, you know, that is, um, but as a social tool of integration and yeah. like i think it's just smart i yeah. think you know i think what you do i think the 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 challenge is though when you um compromise your integrity by being mm-hmm. somebody else and i think we all do that to a degree sometimes mm-hmm. like the, whether it's peer pressure when you're 16 and somebody says hey man you know uh, smoke this or right. inject that or <laughs> drive this you know what i mean i mean that's yeah, yeah. where you need you know guts around what i do want to do or what i don't want right. to do to fit in yeah i think an accent is like hey that is actually smart because mm-hmm. it gets you out of a lot of other stuff yeah and you can make a i mean i will on it i mean so i still do it like somebody will introduce me on a like a call mm-hmm. even with like you know people from ebay or whatever and say oh as you can you know i'll you know say i'm james like you know people say oh, i'm x i'm in minneapolis i'm this i'm in california or I'm yeah. in utah whatever um and i say oh, i'm james i'm in uh, california and somebody will say like on my team or the you know will say oh and as you can tell james is not from right you know california, california originally and then I, I mean, I. You have an in, use, right? It's like. I, well, I'll use like P.G. Woodhouse or very archaic, <laughs> lang, you know, British language, like Lord Peter Whimsey or Agatha right, Christie stuff. Right. I fear, By sir. Jove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will use those because if that's the role I'm playing, right, that's the role I'm playing. Yeah. And obviously, I've got a kind of a persona in my head as an actor as mm-hmm. well, which makes me very comfortable with. I think lots of people act. Yeah. I think you play a role. I think it can be a relief sometimes. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not like, um, you know, you're so method acting that, you know, uh, you kind of played this. You give up l- convictions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. 
yeah hmm. i might need to take a pee how how are we doing on time you think um if we were in like an hour or five we could go another like 15 20 minutes okay can i pee yeah let's pee okay let I'll me pee uh, too. take a break actually i did ha- i uh had a a thought a question. or a question yeah which is um okay um so um a couple of uh things one which might be a good way to kind of conclude things but the, like the first one so we mum and i went to see this movie today called minari which mm-hmm. is about uh, a korean family that i think it's supposed to be like the 70s maybe um maybe the early 80s i can't remember. maybe it's a bit later than that but anyway they go to um uh, there's like mum dad two kids and they go to arkansas um and the dad is going to basically start a farm and his idea is to start a farm uh, and grow um vegetables particularly like korean vegetables or or vegetables that will be um like popular for korean immigrants Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at one point he mentions, hey, did you know there are like 30,000 Korean immigrants, you know, moving to the U.S. every year? And, um, you know, as we know, there's a big, you know, very significant, like, Korean community, and they like lots of, uh, you know, the way it's kind of, it's a bit like kind of Mexican in the sense that, you know, we know we have our Korean barbecue and like, it's like become immersed in the, right. but you know, he Staple. was like sort of thing. I think there's an opportunity here and the, I, they were like sort of, he and his wife were, um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they sexed chickens. That's what they did. Um, okay. in California. And the idea was, so they'd come from Korea. They'd had this kind of obviously very challenging job in California for six years and they've made enough money to um, buy some land in Arkansas. And uh, okay. yeah. and so the the central question, and you're thinking, yeah, what the F has this got to do with parenting? But <laughs> I think the central question that the film raises, and it's really worth watching, it's, it's, it's really good. It's not just about, it's, it's not, doesn't have to be about career at all actually the immigrant story i mean i think there's an element of that but hey you're an immigrant different kind of immigrant i'm Mm -hmm. an immigrant different kind of immigrant um but um you know or i you know maybe that's that's a not the right thing to say actually because i think immigrants have the same kind of thought but the point there the the kind of the the choice is um the challenges he faces and the the family faces trying to start this farm and get it going and getting it profitable are you know significant and kind of classic you know the kind you know the things that you any kind of like sort of um you may have think you you know you've seen it a lot of times before where you know person has a dream buy some land and tries to but the point about parenting is for him um starting this farm and trying to make something of themselves to take care of their family and they they make a point and i guess this is uh has a kind of a connotation around 
some of the more recent immigrants that he has they've obviously saved a lot of money and they've had a very tough life but they've also they, they've along the way they've had to give his family i guess money you know that as you know that's kind of traditional you know send money home that kind of right um and <clears throat> he's saying i'm doing this for our family so this is how we're going to i'm going to make life better for my family i.e you and um my son and daughter um and the dilemma is becomes what's more important the people in that family and the relationships in that family or or his desire to um advance himself economically mm -hmm. um which is a very you know obviously consistent part of the american dream but any parent's dream right is right i want my life to be better for my children so yeah this is why i'm doing it but in the act of making your children's life better you're not spending time you're with not them. having a relationship with them and right so it's kind of, i i just i thought it was very interesting and it was like sort of set in a and it didn't um go to the usual cliches like you imagine if i tell you well there's this korean family that settles in arkansas you're thinking okay here we go it's the you know the funny hijinks of the hill the hillbilly the... Uh, well it's not a comedy but you know it's going to be like the racism is going to come out and mm. you know right. what what are you folks doing on our land we fought a war to right. keep you you know that kind of and it is yeah. got that's why it's so, i mean it's one of the things that's so good about it nothing in fact the the locals are really nice and really work well mm. the essence of this is like the conflict between the father the family it's, yeah and it's really the father and the mother and um mm. the one of the children has um uh, a heart condition and mm. you know being in the somewhat the back of beyond you know the mother finds this scary because he's a long way from a hospital or you know if something goes wrong um but yeah to me i i just thought that sense of and it's kind of maybe a male as well you know just getting back to that question you asked me you know like what was your experience of and part of it is i am responsible for these children you know why do i want to why do i not want to want mention that i'm worried about my job or i'm worried about the mortgage or i'm worried about the money mm -hmm. or i'm worried about you know because my job is to you know provide for the family and I, right. you know we made a decision to come here and therefore it's got to be and so you know there is an admirable quality in wanting to better yourself it's like i don't mm -hmm. to me i don't see anything wrong with that i i think that's yeah. absolutely but the question is what what price are you prepared to pay hmm. you know and are you thinking two generations three generations ahead and mm. saying i know my life's going to be shit and my son's life is going to be a little bit shit, but right. better. And his mm -hmm. son or daughter's life is going to be even better. And his, right. you know, they are going to be, you know, going to Harvard and cleaning, cleaning up, you know. So, right. So what, I mean, what do you think is the, 
um, how do you solve that challenge? If you're a parent, that balance between economic need, whether you're an immigrant or not an immigrant, still it's a fact of life anywhere, and yeah. the need to be present and you know because you only have one life to live and your children only have one life to live and their memory of you is only one life to live right yeah whenever i'm faced with like a deci like decisions like these i feel like i use like a philosophical or a tool in like philosophical argument where you like you take the argument to its extremes right so like okay to say now you sp that guy is spending a hundred percent of every expendable hour when he's not sleeping shitting eating working for the farm and like yeah he's like building this thing and creating prosperity potentially but then at the cost of like you said like creating a bond with their son and, and daughter then, by the way it's just and daughter. the son is uh, and ill that's another kind of is Ill, yeah. jeopardy thrown into it and then uh, and then on the opposite end though okay i'm just not gonna work for anything but i'm gonna spend every moment of my time with you and like you're gonna have a very loving child but we're gonna live in squalor or whatever like the sentimental part of me kind of likes the father who's like you know living in squalor more but obviously like you're just rationally the child's life is not like it's going to be worse for the child in in probably in that well i don't know that's tough exactly <laughs> there's there has to be some that some happy medium though like there has to be some balance of time where yeah maybe you feel like you're spending too much time away from your child but it, you're building something that eventually will provide for them because i think that the, like the you know the his point of view is you know because she says let's just go back to california like you know mm. yes you're sexing chickens which i didn't honestly even know was a thing did you know it was a thing i just from I read like I don't even read all of it, but I've read um a passage from Blink, right? Yeah, that Malcolm yeah. Gladwell book, where like one of his primary examples is these chicken sexers who like, in in it, it's a very hard skill to get, but once you get it, you yeah. can because it's very difficult to tell the difference between male and female chickens. I said to I said to um, mum, this is like tree planting because it's piecework, and so that's the yeah, speed of the it sounds like speed of the work. Yeah, like, but incredibly but, but that is his like, option. It's either and and you see right. you know he's in this you know it's pretty nice i mean we've been to arkansas it's also kind of hot and you know but um yeah but it's kind of portrayed in a very in a somewhat um idyllic way mm. and then you think like sort of or he could be in a <laughs> chicken sexing and he still has to do chicken Blonde. sexing and one of the things he says a lot mm. was kind of a bit of a running joke is like his wife also does this the chicken sexing thing and she's not as fast as he is Mm -hmm. And um, there's this other Korean woman working in the chicken sexing factory or whatever it is, like workroom. Um, and by the way, that like the work that, you know, the bosses are, re are not horrible. They avoid every cliche yeah. in the book. God damn it. You, you know, they mm -hmm. avoid er It's brilliant. You know, nobody is mm -hmm. hot. None of the people in the uh, in this thing are, are bad people at all. It's it's much more. But um, uh, yeah, the, the the wife says, well, I'm not as fast as he is and um the lady the other korean lady says it's all right this is arkansas you don't have to be as fast it's all good <laughs> like <laughs> right. in california right. it's like you have to be really fast at doing fast this because and... if you want to make money that's how you you know uh but hey mm. you know relax a little bit this is arkansas anyway but that's a uh, but 
you know, when the alternative, it's not like, okay, well, we'll go back to California and I'll, I'll retrain as a doctor or I'll retrain as a lawyer or that is going to be their life chickens. And and that's the other thing in like, I think in parenting Hmm. is Nikki, your uh, godfather. We, we have conversations about this. I think this is another really interesting question, which is, um, in the effort to support your children, um, whether that's emotionally or, you know, particularly economically, mm-hmm. if you lose your soul in that process, mm. are you, you know, damaging something for mm. that child, you know, as well? So that's the other thing. Like if, uh, you know, um, if you are, you know, if you're a great artist or you're, you you want to paint and um, you decided you couldn't make a living at painting, so you became an accountant. Not that there's anything wrong with accounting, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, and, you know, day in, day out, you're kind of losing your soul because that's what, right. you see that in the office, you know, the show The Office, like with Pam and, mm-hmm. you know, that's her, what she wants to, you, that's another question or is the misery of again you know if a parent is really unhappy whether it's because of the relationship or it's because of Mm -hmm. what they're having to do to provide for the child is that a price worth paying Mm. those are really hard questions as well you know yeah that is a very hard one i don't have an answer but i mean i think You were, yeah. What well, I'm thinking is like, what example are you setting for the child, right? You're you're then saying like, this is life. Grind away at something that you don't like, but so you have you know this time where you can, which I mean maybe there's partial truth to like you know fundamental truth to that, but also, I feel like you've done a good job of like, you know, not in not instilling this because I mean I've always. I feel like I've always worked, so I never fell into the trap of like, you know, I know a lot of people that are a lot wealthier than our family, so they never really had to work, or they and they kind of fall into that like ditzy, you know, whatever. Mm. Like nothing really feels real. Nothing bad will of, happen. Yeah, nothing bad's gonna happen. This is all like fun and like, you know, you get. There's roped always into a safety like, net kind of thing. Yeah, 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 and you've always encouraged me to like i mean obviously it's the decisions that i make made at the end of the day like whether it was getting a job or whatever but like you encouraged it like you had foresight in knowing like no you need you need to figure out like you will have to pay rent one yeah. day you will have to you know s- sort yourself out um but i mean it's it's difficult but like you can i can kind of see a way to like balance at least right now what i think is difficult though is like you're saying when children get involved and that was kind of like my earlier earlier question about like priority shifting like right now i feel like so much of my attention and i, I kind of <laughs> love it but like so much of my attention is like my on myself yeah, right like be, yeah uh, yeah as a 23 yeah. year old like i'm just like what if not what now when, happy, mate? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's kind of like yeah. my thinking is like, yeah, do I got to yeah. take advantage you, of this you while I can. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a, but those are, I think those are answer. hard, but you know, like sort of that sense of, um, you know, really working hard because it's an admirable quality because, and a lot of it is, you know, because I want my kids to do better than I did. I yeah. want them to have more right. than I had, but maybe they right. forget that, you know, having some of your time would be a good thing. Yes, of course, like right. well, the balance is like I don't earn quite as much, but I spend some time with them. They don't get all my time. But that's not always how life works, right? It's not, you know, yeah. like trying right. to find that balance. Um, and then that sense of, um, which I think is very um, important, is like that. I think you want... I think your parents are going to be you I think generally children are going to be happy if their parents are feeling okay about themselves generally. Right. Right. Which is why things like you know mental health and all of that kind of stuff is is important. You know that's why like you know the fact that mum has retrained completely as a a teacher and is now teaching yeah. I think that's just fantastic and as manic as she is at sometimes at this point which you you know you maybe mm -hmm. you don't see as much but it's true and i'll say like mm -hmm. why the fuck did you do this you know you're just like so, so straight yeah. like so, you know why you know no i love it and you can tell this is like she's done it and like you know um yeah. i don't know i think teaching has a particular vocation you know we went up to see nikki and caroline you know who are both teachers the other and nikki was just saying to him, oh my god caroline is just like a perfect teacher not because she's perfect teacher. at teaching but but just right that's her calling and she her personality yeah, and she yeah. was talking to granddad the other day and like um you know and i just love the fact that she's found her, her yeah. passion and she's pursued it and um you know yeah she she's she, you know maybe she's lucky in that she's decided to do it at this point rather than she had this passion and like sort of threw the kids to the floor and said fuck mm -hmm. you i'm doing this or you know but um right i think it makes her more you know herself so i th i also think you know what you're doing now which will give you a like a true north for what you want to do um I, I must always find time to do this or i must always find time to do that mm. because that makes me better in doing the other things I've got to do, whether it's right. like, even if it's a boring job, you know, if you, yeah. if you, it's okay to have a boring job, but if you're, if mm -hmm. you love, if, you know, if you're going to, if you're, you've got a secret little workshop and you're making a boat and you want to sell around the world, even if you never fucking do it, but you're, that's your, mm -hmm. you know, your thing. Um, right. But find your thing, you know, whatever it may yeah. be, talking to people like this, you know, or, yeah. But, yeah. You know, so that, even if you have to do something which is a little bit, you know, work a day during the day, obviously it's mm -hmm. best if you have, you know, if you're really passionate. Again, as long as it doesn't so consume you. It's, it's like everywhere you look, there are like, I could have done this, or I could have done that, or I could, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, so the other question I wanted to ask you, which is a little bit tangential to being a parent, but it's about parents. So, okay. uh this uh on friday or saturday yeah i um i got this as you know so just to for context um 
your uh, great-grandfather, Salvador, um, was uh, executed um, in 1936 during the Spanish Civil War. He was the rector of Granada mm -hmm. University. Um, and, um, you know, that war was between fascists and... Uh, if I use the words republicans that's not going to work <laughs> it won't have right. a, it won't quite have the connotation but it, like sort of democrats versus fascists like the Hitler versus yeah. democrat but the democrats also included lots of very left wing people anarchists and all and... the rest of it as you know right. yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so um, he was uh, you know shot thrown into a unmarked grave with hundreds of other people um, in 1936 mm -hmm. and um, Spain has wrestled with this like South Africa did you know like Chile did after you know um, like any country which has had a very I think Guatemala obviously has had Argentina all, all of those countries have wrestled with this um, you know how do we address the wrongs right. and the horrors that were and the atrocities and um you know spain after franco died franco actually said okay the king can decide what we're going to do now and hmm. basically the king time returned it to a democracy so now it's a a democracy but there was a kind of an unwritten literally and this is a john cleese line but don't mention the war which in mm -hmm. british terms is like don't talk about germany versus just don't talk about don't talk it. about right yeah, don't don't mention them. Don't mention them. You know, like, um, and you know, if you've had parents, mothers, brothers, sisters disappear, and you're told, don't bring it up now. We're trying to. We're just. just we're just trying to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, this weekend, I got a note from Mercedes, who um is a professor or was a professor at Granada University, who wrote a book about Salvador, um, and um. Basically, they have made this decision to um, exhume the bodies um, in this gorge that I think you've been to. I haven't been to. Yeah. And um, I said, uh, wow, that's interesting. And I think you saw the article and you can, the you article, can yeah. kind of translate it and Google Translate and you can figure mm -hmm. out. And it's pretty detailed what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. they got mm -hmm. like diagrams of substrata and all this kind of stuff. But it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. gruesome, you know. But, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, 80 years after and people just want to move on and they don't think like forgetting is a good idea completely, which I, right. which I get. Um, but your grandfather has said, um, you know, in the past, um, I, I think they may have thought about that or somebody asked him at some point, it may have been even on the trip you, you were with him on and he said, I, I don't want to just, it's a nice, it's a beautiful spot. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And as you know, you know, granddad is not particularly, well, he's not, it's not particularly, he's not remotely religious. He has no... I think he ha probably has a spirituality, but he wouldn't call it that. If you said you're a very spiritual granddad, he'd say, no, I'm not. Then you'd be there for five right. hours telling you why he wasn't. Because um, right. he would just equate that with, I believe in God or something. But, um, mm -hmm. And I wrote a note uh, to uh, Mercedes because one of the things that Mercedes had said in her note is they may need to, at some point, talk to 
somebody in the family like to get, get consent or you know, something to get dna oh wow you know to do a dna match you know is this mm-hmm. and in the article your grandfather is mentioned your great-grandfather is mentioned um and a lot of the folks are from the university of Grenada, and there's a sense that they are um uh kind of trying to make up for you know something that they probably should have done a long time ago which is acknowledge Mm -hmm. this man and all of that kind of stuff but so the you know i um had said to mercedes that um you know last time this came up he wasn't very keen on it um and um your cousin claudia uh in argentina had said kind of a similar thing to mercedes that look maybe it's time that we found these people and there was a you know a decent burial or whatever might right some kind of yeah. closure but it was definitely a burial or it was some. you know it was like that kind of like put them take them out of that unknown place and put them into their own mm. um and uh so i you know i said yeah he's he just wasn't very sad. and it was very interesting because i got like pushback from claudia and pushback from Mercedes, and they were both basically saying, uh, "It's hard for you to understand." They didn't say this, but that was the yeah, because you haven't lived in Spain. You know, you haven't lived in Spain. You weren't brought up in Spain. Right. Your father wasn't yeah. brought up in Spain. I'll, I mean, he was for a, a while, but every, right. this was like this is like the elephant in the room that nobody mentions, and if at some point we just don't get this figured out this is not good and we have to remember right. this was fucking horrendous yeah and yeah. i'm you know i'm all in favor of peace and love and whatever and i'd said look hey i am i'm with this and they were saying you know most of the relatives want this to happen mm-hmm. um because i think they were thinking that i was like representing dad as saying mm. this shall not happen and Right, right. But I, I did speak to Grandad yesterday, um, and he said exactly the same thing again. Hmm. Like, it's a beautiful spot. Hmm. It's, you know, it's fine. You know, it kind of almost like, what does he know? You know, what does he, i.e. like my father know? Mm. Because he doesn't exist. He doesn't care where yeah, he is. he doesn't right, exist yeah. anymore. It, completely unsentimental. Um, But to be fair to him, he said... um. I understand that the other relatives would would want that. So it wasn't like he was saying he's going to be like the, you know, the guy right. that doesn't <clears throat> sell his property when they're trying to redevelop that. <laughs> you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. Um, but it's so it's so interesting because I I got like another email this morning from this professor Mercedes who's like who's done so much to bring Salvador mm. back to recognition and you've met her I think for right? sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Again, really just saying, I understand your dad's position, but he's got to realize that. And he raised, you know, she raised the fact that there had been some letters written from my grandmother to um, Tia Maria, who didn't, well, you actually did meet, but you won't remember her, but it was Salvador's, one of Salvador's sisters. Um, And, but I also remembered um, you saying, when you went to Vithnar with Grandad, that he did not want to go up the hill or wherever it was. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to like the first stop because it was like a big troop of people. I'm guessing other relatives. And we went to the first stop where they like did a little eulogy or something. And then he started getting pretty emotional. And then they were like, okay, now we're going to carry on to where Salvador and all these other people are. And yeah, he didn't, we didn't go up. And I, you know, I was thinking, I was remember like, you know, on the one hand, he's like, and this is like about parents as well, you know, like sort of, because he, this is about his father, who he didn't probably remember or very, very, but like the whole baggage of his father was like, yeah subdued and buried for years and then suddenly has been surfaced over the last 20 30 years you know right yeah um, and i was you know and he characterizes it as a very logical response yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to but when i remembered that he you told me that he actually didn't want to go there yeah. another part of me mm-hmm. thought he just doesn't want to deal with this no, yeah, for sure. Which is different from let sleeping dogs lie and what's gone is mm-hmm. gone. That's like um, another huge piece of emotional yeah. stuff that, and he rationalizes it as we don't need to go there. You know, they, we, right, right. Not, we don't need to go, you know, whereas for me, I you know, places and people. And I, I would have, I think I would have wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just, I just thought that was, an, that's another aspect of, you know, your parents and your children. And that's a very extreme example of how you think about them to the point where you can't actually, um, you can't actually go to that place right where where they are because that's too raw yeah he's been able to kind of keep it on the lowdown skirt around it yeah um but he's obviously very proud of it as well right you know i mean you've seen that Mm -hmm. um oh yeah for sure anyway a very slightly different take on uh, you know parenting but i've been thinking Mm. a lot about salvador and um dad and because it, like i have a pic that picture of salvador in the university which i think you've seen you know the uh wearing his rectus yeah robes. the classic yeah yeah um, yeah literally i wake up every morning and that's like the picture that and i think about him so much and i think you know the last thing i want to say about like parenting is like i don't think it's a single generation thing you know, mm. I think um, if you've got a sense of history and, and maybe it's just because it was a particularly recent chapter, but I, that that made a real, you know, that that still has an impact on me. You know, mm. that thought about him and, you know, what he was and the, you know, the relationship with my grandmother and what dad missed out on and. Mm. what would have been which is not me you know i wouldn't have existed yeah you know if things had been um and so ultimately it all comes down to you know that quantum dust flying around in the universe assembling <laughs> itself in different uh formations yeah um yeah but uh you can cut all that out but but uh yeah <laughs> but you know what i'm that I, it's just a slightly different view of uh it just never leaves you 
and like the right. child is parent to the man as well you know so mm. i i'm like kind of looking i'm trying to look after my dad's interests and like think about him too and mm-hmm. um i think uh the, you know as we live longer you know the relationships that we have and i don't want to sort of scare you into this but you know we start out looking after Samuel with his Vontu's conehead. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, Samuel the conehead may have to uh, kind of switch off a machine or, um, you know, <laughs> clean a diaper or right. say, yeah, stick him in a nursing home or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, throw him under the bridge, whatever. Um, yeah. So the circle of life kind of goes round and as we get older you, know, yeah. you see so much of kids looking after their parents you know it's, it's mm-hmm. on that joyful note nice <laughs> yeah on that note yeah. um awesome thank you very much for sparing an hour and a half of your it's precious, precious time these quarant- always a joy big question always a joy. no answers see these questions i got on my mind them all the time time like traveling through the universe i'm scrambling these black holes how does time flow if i dropped a one where would i go when i come out a hundred years old 